2: Do you have somebody that you're accountable to? Are you a lone ranger? See, if you're a lone ranger, you're going to get picked off. Some of the great religious leaders of 20 years ago, if they'd been accountable to a person, you wouldn't have seen those great ministries fall. See, they're no different than you, and they're no different than me. So, ladies, find another lady that you can call once and we can just challenge. How you doing? Can I pray for you? Is there an area, guys. Find another
0: guy. The transformation of the gospel is truly a power to behold. Once dead in our trespasses, we obtain a new heart and a new life in Christ. However, as much of a 180 as many of us experience, we still face trials and temptations in our current bodies. This is where accountability through fellowship truly shines in the Christian life. In today's message, Pastor Mark encourages us as disciples of Christ to strive for better growth in the Lord through an accountability partner. In our study, we learned that although we're fully accountable to God, having that good friend to strengthen us is always helpful in our walk. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8, with his continuing study entitled, Get Ready to be Blessed.
1: Lord, let your
0: I have to say to you this morning that
2: blessed are those who are pure in heart. That is maybe one of the more difficult commands from God today, even from 50 years ago. In our world this morning... If you're a student or a teenager, it is way more difficult to have a pure heart than it was back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. All the sin is still there, same from the beginning of time, but there's no way. If you look at what's going on in our grade schools and high schools and on our televisions today, it is incredible, very difficult to have a pure heart. But God says, I can do it, and you have to have a part of it. You have to say to God, I'm going to guard my heart. Now, what does that mean? Well, the stuff I watch goes into my heart. The stuff with my eyes, I watch. Now, you can't put all this, well, I can, I can, I can, here's the kind of movies I can go do boom, 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 boom. Well, we used to do that, but now all those kind of movies are on TV. So now I'm going to throw my TV out? No. But you're going to guard your heart. You have to be real. You have to be a person that wherever you are, people see you being real. Are you real and transparent this morning? Are you saying to God, okay, man, I need to get my heart clean. How do I do that? You ask for God's help. But then I have a part of it. I have to agree with God. Number three, keep in the word. If I'm going to be a person that has a pure heart, a heart that is blessed by God Then I have to be reading and obeying the word on a consistent basis Listen to what David says in Psalm 119 How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word I seek you with all my heart Do not let me stray from your commands I have hidden your word in my heart That I might not sin against God I've hidden your word in my heart That I might not sin against God Let me give you an example And and, and watch this very carefully Here's the Bible in here are the commands. This this helps me keep clean. This helps me be real. This helps me be transparent. Because God speaks to me. He's speaking to you this morning. He's speaking to me this morning. See wherever we go in life, we want to be who we are. We're not perfect. We're not sinless. But we're real. I was out yesterday at Publix and I went into the, into the store. And As I went into the store, uh, two employees came across. Hey, Pastor Mark, how are you? Two different people. And they just said hi or whatever. And, and then before I got out of the store, three other people that were just shopping went. Hey, Pastor Mark. Hi, Pastor Mark. Hi, Pastor Mark. Now, what if they found me over on Counter X? And here's the Playboy. And I got the Playboy, and I'm chugging on something, and I just stole a bar of candy, and I'm going, Hey, how are you? It's nice to see you here. Are you Pastor Mark? No, Pastor Mark's much taller than I am. <laughs> what is that? You see, if that's me, I got to wear dark shades and put some heels on so I can walk really tall or whatever. Put some pillows in me, and hey, that can't be Pastor Mark. You know, no. No, because that's not comfortable. I have to be real. Not perfect, I'm not perfect. But what you see should be God working in you. I was in my shorts and whatever, hey, that's cool. For an old guy, I got great looking legs, a pretty muscular, it's all right. Not too proud you know. I have some scars from my open heart surgery here, but I cover them suckers up with, no, I don't. I'm just glad I'm here. I have to be in the word. Here's what happens for some of you. You leave the church, here's your Bible. You open your car door, you get in. This is your back seat. Now, I been, haven't been watching you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, if that stays in the back seat, and then next week you go, I think i got it back here. Okay, here we go, right in the church. Hey! Everything's really good. Do you have much of a chance of having pure heart? No. You have to be in the word, not an hour a day, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then the word goes into your heart. David said, I've hid it in me, me, inside me. So when I've come across the temptation, I know I can't do it, it's the wrong thing. Now, what if I blow it? How do I keep that clean heart? Number four, when we sin, quickly admit and repent. James chapter 4 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We all sin. We're not always honest and transparent. But when God convicts me, I need to quickly repent, allow him to change me, and get on with life. But quite often, I try to blame it on something or someone. What I look for when I hire people on staff, pastors or whatever, elders that are chosen, that kind of thing, I look for people that are real and that if they do something wrong, they don't try to blame somebody else. It's a sign of maturity. I blew it. I blew it. Remember Adam in the garden? Adam and Eve. One day God comes to Adam. He says, Adam, what are you doing? Hiding. Why are you hiding? I'm naked. How do you know you're naked? I looked. <laughs> well, you were created naked. What's the difference? Uh, well, there's a problem. God said, have you done wrong? No, I haven't done wrong. Uh, you know the woman you gave me? I need another model. She's no good. <laughs> so what did, what did Adam do just there? He took the blame and, and divided it between two. Who? God. God, I need another model. The woman you gave me. She's no good. It's your fault. And it's the woman's fault. Did I sin? No, I didn't sin. No, that's no good. You can't have a clear night. You know, well, it rained on Tuesday. That's why I was late to work and whatever. Amazing. See, just quickly say it was me and repent. And number five, maybe one of the most important, be honest and accountable to God and others I'm accountable to God when I have my private devotions when God speaks to me during the day and he points out an area that I need to be corrected in I just repent and ask God, thanks that attitude wasn't good, I didn't handle that properly or God will say, you had a great day yesterday, you did really good I say, thanks God, it was all you, I know it was you thank you for blessing me, And boom, boom, boom but I need more than that I need people let me tell you my own, my own uh, way that I handle this. I'm accountable to the elders of this church. And they're accountable to me. I'm accountable to the pastors. I meet with the, past, the elders every other week. I meet with the pastors individually, individually, every pastor every week. And then corporately, I meet with them in a staff meeting. We're accountable to each other. I'm accountable to my wife. I'm certainly accountable to God. But I have one more person that I use. I have another pastor, Pastor Carl. He speaks for us once a year here, and I'm usually once a year in his church, Calvary Chapel of Sarasota. I'm in contact with him every single week, half hour to an hour. And we keep each other accountable. He said, well, why would you need to do that? Because I'm just like you. I'm human. And there's things I tell him that I wouldn't tell anybody else, even my wife and he with me. They're not public. They're private. But we're challenging each other in the Lord to make sure we're doing right. Do you have somebody that you're accountable to? Are you a lone ranger? See, if you're a lone ranger, you're going to get picked off. Some of the great religious leaders of 20 years ago, if they'd been accountable to a person, you wouldn't have seen those great ministries fall. See, they're no different than you, and they're no different than me. So ladies, find another lady that you can call once, we can just challenge. How you doing? Can I pray for you? Is an area. guys, Find another guy. There's plenty. You say, this church is too big. No, that's even easier. Leave the place today. Go home. Pray about it. Find somebody to be accountable to. Now, if I am pure in heart, what's the blessing? Why am I happy? Well, notice the end of verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does that mean? Well, First John 3 says, yes, dear friends, we are already God's children, and we can't even imagine what it will be like when Christ returns. But we do know that when he comes, we'll be like him, for we will see him as he really is. All those who believe this will keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. So to see God means to have fellowship with him right now. I'm real. I'm comfortable that God's inside me. He knows who I really am. I'm not trying to hide from him. So I see him through eyes of faith. I don't really see God now. We sang earlier, his presence is in this place. Well, how do I know that? Like did lightning come or smoke? No, we know it by, well, the scripture says where two or three are gathered together. There he is. So right now, I see God by faith. I can see he's a good God. I can see his hand on me as I prayed for those babies and dedicated him this morning. I know God's going to go before them. He's got a great plan. Jeremiah tells us that, 29. When I see by faith, it pleases God. Because without faith, you can't please God. But one day, it's not going to be by faith anymore. I'm going to see God face to face. The pure in heart will see God face to face. That means the unpure in heart won't see God face to face. Well, how do I get pure in heart? You got to get a new heart. You got to become a Christian and then let God continue to grow. So let's summarize it real quickly. You can find this on the web. We'll put it up quickly and move through. This beatitude, what is it? Morally clean. Morally clean. Uncompromised singleness of heart toward God. That's what I'm striving for, the pure in heart. I'm morally this guy. What you see is what you get. I have a single devotion to serve God. I'm not perfect in it, but I go for it. Well, what's the world like? Well, the world is exactly the opposite. Remember, the world is exactly the opposite. It's counterculture of a Christian. They love deception. That's why Satan's a great liar, he's the great deceiver. Hypocrisy, not who I am pretend you're somebody else and of course what's found in las vegas stays in las vegas immorality by the way what's found in las vegas or what happens in las vegas does it stay in las vegas not a chance if you go to las vegas and let's say you have a little sexual deal women gets chlamydia the guy comes home with a sexual disease did it stay in las vegas no it did not stay in las vegas plus it's in your heart when you go home you go home with it see that's just pure deception The greatest advertisement, they say, what happens there? Just say you can do whatever you want there because it stays there. That's a pure lie from Satan. And you know what happens when you go home from a place like that? What is the rest of your life? Let's say you had this fling and whatever and you did all this stuff and nobody's ever going to know. What's the greatest fear you have the rest of your life? Somebody's going to find, you're going to get a, well, look at the picture. Your whole life's ruined, your marriage. Why would we do that? Because we're deceived. Number three, what is my reward if I'm pure in heart? Well, I have fellowship with God right now, which is awesome, because he lives in me. And eventually, I'll see him forever, face to face. Now, look at Matthew 5, 9. Next one. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Now, it's good to be a peacekeeper. It's better to be a peace. Maker, well, how many of you remember back, let me see if you remember the name Richard Nixon. Anybody here remember the name Richard Nixon? How about this one, eh? You remember old little dick here? peace. It's cool to love peace. It's nice to be a peacekeeper, but go back to that verse and I want you to circle something. Blessed are those that are peace, circle it. Maker, a maker It's different than a keeper. And it's way different than a person that just loves peace. So this is a different beatitude. Now, how does that happen? How can I be a peacemaker? There's conflict all around us. Well, the greatest peacemaker is Jesus Christ. When you look at the cross behind me, what that stands for is one thing. I was in conflict with God. My sin, here's a holy God... Here's sinful man. My sins separated me from God. I was in conflict with God. I couldn't have peace. So Jesus came and he bridged the gap by the cross. So the greatest peacemaker, Jesus, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, because of that, I have peace with God this morning. Look how Paul states it. Let me read it to you. Well, you'll see it. Therefore, therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, in other words, I couldn't earn salvation, it was a gift, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the greatest thing this morning to know that I have peace, peace with God. Just before Jesus went back to heaven, he said this to his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, I don't only have the peace with God. I have the peace of God. Let me give you a scenario. One of the greatest things in all the world is to be at peace. When I lay down tonight, I have the peace with God because he's come into my heart. But I have the peace of God it doesn't matter if I even die during the night because if I die during the night why do I have peace because when I wake up I know where I'm going to wake up well oh, Pastor Mark where are you going to wake up in the mortuary no I'm going to be cremated anyway well you're going to wake up in that furnace Say, eh? no that's not the real me where's my real me going to be immediately in heaven Some of you do not have that peace this morning. The greatest peace is to know that when you die, you know exactly where you're going. That comes only one way, through salvation. We'll pray for you at the end. See, great is a peacemaker. And to know that when I die, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter anything else, I'm going to heaven. You say, well, how can you be so bold to say that? Well, because the Bible tells me. I can know that I'm a Christian, all by God's grace. If you don't know where you're going when you die, then you do not have peace. And living in this world without the peace with God and of God is simply miserable. Now, since I am a Christian, I can be a peacemaker Notice this statement. Every Christian is meant to be a peacemaker. Now, some of you are going to say, Well, Pastor Mark, I don't have that temperament. It doesn't matter your temperament. I've been designed, blessed, happy are those that are peacemakers. So, as I share the gospel with others, even as I'm doing, the, do you know this morning I'm a peacemaker? I'm telling some of you who haven't come to Christ yet, you can be right with God. But every one of us are peacemakers. As we witness, as we share in our world, every one of us are peacemakers. Look how Paul wrote it to the Romans in chapter 12. He says this, live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil to any evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Well, where is their conflict this morning? Well, conflict's everywhere. It's because we're people. There's conflict in our church, in our, in our marriages, in our at work, in our friendships. Well, how can I bring peace? Well, because the Prince of Peace lives in me. Notice, do your part as much as possible. I get emails quite often, and a person will say this. I, I did this to a person, and I went and apologized, was really repentant, asked their forgiveness, and they refused to forgive me. And we're not at peace. Pastor Mark, what should I do? Well, you don't do anything. You've done everything you can do. See, you you can't force somebody to be at peace with you. You just, as much as possible within you, you make the peace. By the way, when you walk away from that situation then, you pray for the person. And you don't pray like John did in the Bible. You remember the sons of Zebedee? Jesus went into a town, the people kind of rejected him Jesus said, I'm going to leave And John says, well you're not going to treat Jesus like that He said, Jesus, let's pray to bring fire down from heaven And burn this city up That was one of the disciples Jesus said, yeah, I'm a peacemaker Let's burn them up right now No, John would have to change his attitude a little bit So when you can't make peace with somebody You do all you can do But then you just have to leave it to God Don't pray for his judgment to come down on them this morning, do you like conflict or peace? Are you a troublemaker or a peacemaker? When you walk into a situation, you go, Man, I'm gonna do this peaceful wait till I get there, I'm gonna stir this. <laughs> what? No, a peacemaker is a person that has God, the Prince of Peace, ruling in their heart. You know, when they come across a the conflict, they're calm, they're respectful, they're fair, they're balanced, they're truthful, they're, they're lessening tensions. Instead of stirring it up, oh, i got to stir it up now. I can leave. Thank you very much. (laughs) What? No. A peacemaker is positive, not critical. The number one place you want to have peace is in your heart. The number two place is in your home. Husband? Wife? Student? Teenager? In your home, are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? You have to be a peacemaker. Now, how's that going to happen? Here's what you want to write. The only way to be a peacemaker is to allow God to rule in our lives. And how does that peace come? How does God use us other than the gospel? We get in a conflict area. How does God allow us to be peacemakers? Well, number one, I'm looking to be a peacemaker. And it's not because somebody says, well, Call Jim over there. He's taking a 12-week course in conflict resolution. He's got a master's degree in it. Nothing wrong with that. But no, what I want is God's wisdom, God's spirit, and God's
0: peace. In today's study entitled, Get Ready to Be Blessed, Pastor Mark discussed the challenges we still face, even though we've been given a new heart in Christ. In our message, we learned that although we're fully accountable to God, having an accountability partner can drastically help strengthen us in our walk. It's whenever we go solo that we're often prone to failure, as we learned from Pastor Mark today.
3: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to lessonsforlivingradio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Viera campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com.
0: Stay tuned for the next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will continue to teach us the Beatitudes found in the Sermon on the Mount. In our study, Pastor Mark will focus us on the importance of being advocates for peace as ambassadors of Christ. We'll learn that by allowing Christ to rule in our hearts, we can better make peace in our family, work, and social environments. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living.